along the lines of home for Christmas. And really, uh, I would encourage you, uh, even as we're going through this series, really the focus of it is attributes of home. And so I'm going to give a little bit of a disclaimer on the front side of this, uh, just to help us make sure that we all connect to it. But I'm going to be giving a few examples of things just in my own life and things that home means for me. And, um, you know, and, and I realize everybody has a, uh, a different connection sometimes with home, not always the best connection. And, um, and so, you know, I have some fond memories and I have some things about Christmas that I remember and about just what really being home means. But I would encourage you that even if that may not be true for you is to stick with me. Because all of my points aren't just natural things. They actually have great spiritual implications as well. And so, uh, you know, even if uh, maybe your family dynamic isn't the best, or let's just call it what it might be, is really strained, put this into the context of like some of your closest friends. Because home is not a physical structure. Yes, we have homes, and yes, we, we call home things, but, you know... I had an opportunity. Uh, I grew up in a house from about the time I was six until I moved out of my parents' house. And then we moved away, all these kinds of things. And so I had to go back to my childhood home to get anything that I wanted kind of thing. But most of the stuff was already gone. And it was funny how it didn't feel like home. Even though it was still the same house. You know what I'm saying? And, and so home is not just the physical part of it. There's much more to home than that. And so I just want you to kind of keep that in mind today uh, as as I'm talking about things and even over the next uh, several weeks that I want you to connect because, you know, even on our cards, our little connect cards, it says, welcome home. Because the truth is, is that we all want a home to go to. We all want a home that is ours. If you've ever had to stay with anybody else for any extended period of time, and I know some of you are right now, you're in trailers and you're like, this ain't home. Why? Because it's not just your space, right? It's not what you want. And even in the best circumstances and situations, it's still not home to you, right? And then there's certain things that are unique, maybe to your parents' home. Like, you know, I mean, when I go to my mom's house at Christmas, this is what you can be guaranteed. You're going to see toy soldiers, or I'm sorry, not toy soldiers, nutcrackers. And if you don't know, there is a difference. And my mother will be glad to tell you very quickly. And they have to be functional nutcrackers. So they can't just look the part. They actually got to, you know, their little mouse got to move. And so she literally has, I don't know, well over a hundred. I'll just say it that way. And uh, she has lots of them. They're all decorated for different things. And they're all, you know. They're special to her for different reasons, right? But that's something special to my mom. But, you know, I don't have a single nutcracker in my house. But when I go to my mom's, guess what? That's part of the deal. And there is no option of like, ah, we're not going to get those out this year. Like that's the first thing that comes out in the Christmas decorations at my mom's house. And so there are some things unique to everybody's home and even for us. And so, you know, but even in this season, because there is something unique and special about the holiday season. Yeah, we can't always put a finger on it. You can't always just say it's this or this. And, you know, everybody's got different things, things that they love about the holiday season. But is it just that everybody's kind of in a better mood because they're just a little more thoughtful maybe? I mean, is that really what makes it better? Or are people just more kind and more gracious? And, you know, I mean, is it really just that? Is it the music? Is it the decorations? Like, what are all the things that create like this moment that we get to enjoy at Christmas? Is it just getting a few days off from work? It's like, praise the Lord, you know? 
I mean, what is it about the holidays? Maybe it's gathering with those that you really care about. And maybe that's what it's about. Maybe it's the intentionality of of realizing like, hey, I just need to cherish those that I have with me. And it's the kind of the slowdown a little bit around the holidays that enables us to do that. Is that what makes the holidays a little more special? Now, with anything, there's two sides of every coin because there's also stresses, right? That come with Christmas. There's the shopping and the traveling and the preparations and the planning. And what about this? And what about that? And all that comes with it. I mean, so, you know, this is just a good truth. But, you know, every season has its blessing and has its problems, right? Let me say it another word. It has its blessings and it has its burden. Like right now, I have little kids at home. Well, they're a blessing and they're a burden. I spent the last two days all day with them by myself pretty much. And uh, this morning they woke up, Darren already left and they're like, hey, where's mom? Okay, dad, you've been here for two days. That's fine. Where, where's mom? You know, and uh, so, you know, but that's just the season that we're in. And every one of us have seasons. I can remember uh, when myself and my sisters, we'd all moved away. My family or my parents talked about like the empty nest syndrome and how weird it was for them. Cause they were like, cause I came home and this is what they told me. You know, I came to visit and they said, we miss your friends. I'm like, wait a second. What about me? Like you're supposed to be, and they're like, oh yeah, we miss you too. But like, they're like, it was so quiet. Cause it was, they were so used to just having as you know, as we were all in our twenties, but all of our friends, we always just came to my parents' house cause they would always feed us. And so that was a good motivation. Bunch of, you know, uh, college age people who didn't have much money. And so I was like, Hey, let's go over there. And my parents loved having us around. And so there was a blessing to that because guess what? The house was a lot cleaner, but there was also the burden of like, man, we miss that fellowship. We miss. And so every season, regardless of what season of life you may be in, there are blessings and there are burdens. I mean, like, let me just give you an example of this that really for us here locally. Yeah, we had a hurricane and yes, it's a huge burden, but for some of us, it's actually a blessing in a way. Because there's a lot of renovation that you wanted to do. And now you get to do it. Now, does that come with a burden? Sure. And every season has that. And so does the Christmas season. But, but the thing about Christmas, and we see this, like, how many Hallmark fans do I have? I'm about to say, Stephanie, you better raise both hands. <laughs> I mean, what's the theme to Hallmark movies? Every single one of them when it comes to, well, probably everyone, but at least in Christmas, it's always about somebody coming home. You know, they leave the big, you want to give me the plot? I can give it to you. (laughs) The names and faces change, but you know, it's the same. How many men say amen to that? If you've seen one, you've seen them all. You know, I mean, it's like, why do we need a marathon of them? But it's all about what? Somebody coming back home and what? Remembering what they left. Whether that be with family, whether that be this long lost boyfriend, girlfriend. They've got the new one, but man, they're just not the same as home. Right? I mean, there's this idea about coming home. And, and I think that that is really a huge part of Christmas. Is about what coming back to a place. And there's some, some things about home that I just want to kind of point out. And these are some of my own um, things that make it home for me. And they're not the natural things. 
But it's just when I go home, when I go to be with my family, I'm able to do some things that maybe I don't always get to do in my day-to-day life. Now, first of all, we all, you know, we know the statement is that home is where the heart is, right? The things, so in other words, home is where you love some stuff, like some things that you love are there, you know? And so, you know, I told you that my parents had built a house. Now this was me and Dara were married and we'd moved off. We actually lived in Missouri at the time, I think. So we were a ways off and, but there was this home that, uh, I came you know, that I'd never been a part of. I'll say it that way. They built it after I left and all this stuff. And you would think coming to this new house that I'd never been to, that it wouldn't, it would feel a little weird. Like this doesn't feel like mom's house, but it was amazing. The moment that I walked in, I was like, this is home. And it was that fast. Like it just felt like home. Now I'd never been there. I'd never lived there, nothing. And, and yet why is that? It's because my, my family's there. I mean, I walked in and the nutcrackers are all there, right? I'm like, oh, I'm in the right place. (laughs) You know, but there's new furniture. There's new, I mean, it's all new. It's all different. And yet it still felt like home. So what makes home really special? And why does this matter? And why does this really um, make a difference for us? And one of the things that I believe that makes home important and valuable to us is that when we're home, we don't have to pretend. We don't have to pretend. We can just be us. Now, sometimes that's good and sometimes maybe that's not so good. <laughs> maybe, we, you know, but it is a place where we can just be ourselves. Like we're not really worried about being judged. We're not really worried about having to look a certain way or act a certain way. You can relax and you don't have to pretend. You don't have to wear the mask. You can just chill out. You can relax. You can laugh, right? I mean, that's part of it. And so really what home represents is a place that you're comfortable. It's a place that, that, that you're relaxed and you're comfortable and it's your space to just be you. And, and it's important that we understand this because when you're home, this is what you know, is that you're loved, is that you're accepted. You're not an outsider, Now, I realize that may not be true for every one of us. That's why I encourage you. Put this in context of some of your closest best friends. I mean, I have friends of mine who are scattered all over the United States and we get together every couple of years. Every two to three years, we'll try to get together. And it's like we pick up right where we left off. And we can be as dumb and goofy as we want. Why? Because we know that we're accepted. We know that we're loved. We know that we really care about one another. One of the other attributes of, of being home, I think it's where we can let our guard down. Where we can be honest is where we can be open. Things that we may not really tell most people, it's a safe place that we can just be honest. Like we don't have to keep up all the fronts and all these types of places. And so my first point is this, is that home is a place to relax. But you can only really relax if you're accepted. And knowing that you're accepted makes all the difference. I mean, everybody, no one likes to be the odd man out. Like, were you the kid that got picked last in dodgeball? Like, nobody wants to be that guy, right? That girl. Nobody likes that feeling. And everybody longs to belong. To have a place where you can be and just be accepted. You know, have you ever gone to the bank to get a loan? You only want to hear two words in the bank when you go to get a loan, right? You're approved. Like that's the best feeling. It's like, yes, 
It's amazing how excited that we get, though, for somebody to agree to give us money that we're going to pay a lot of money back for. (laughs) It's amazing how that works. It's like, yes, thank you, you know. But have you ever been rejected? Have you ever been told, no, we can't give you a loan? It's a very different feeling, right? But there's something special about being approved. No one ever wants to feel rejected. And so many times we feel rejected, not just in the world that we live, but even when it comes into our relationship with God and and really what God wants to do in our lives, we can feel rejected even though that is the whole point is that you need to know and understand that God has already accepted you. You already have a home with him. Whether you realize it or not, it is true. And I'm going to show you some things this morning to kind of echo this in a couple of different ways. But it is true that right now, it doesn't matter what you've done or what you haven't done. The Bible says that God already loves you and God already accepts you. And you're not trying to become something. What you need to do is to accept that God loves you. And it's unconditional. There are no strings attached And God has a place for you to connect and to belong. A place that you can come and find rest, the Bible says, for even your soul, which is your mind, your emotions, your thoughts. That's why the, as the video show, there's a scripture out of Matthew 11. It says, all of you who are tired, who are weary, who are worn out, come to me, Jesus says, and you will find rest for your soul. There will be a place to relax and recover from life. But how many of you know that it doesn't matter how good mama's Christmas meal may be, you might find some, a full belly and you might find a little bit of physical rest, but that doesn't touch your soul. And, and so we can have even the best holiday experiences and the best holiday uh, memories of, of the past and even in the present. And yet there can still be a part of us that never actually connects the way that God wants us to. And it is the reason behind the Christmas story. And it's the story of what God wants to do. And so in Romans chapter 15, verse seven, I'm gonna read this out of the passing translation. But it tells us here, it says that you will bring glory to God when you accept and welcome one another. So we ought to what? Love each other, right? We ought to be accepting of other people. But it goes on and it says that we can do this just as Jesus, the anointed one, has fully accepted you and received you as his partner. Do you know that Jesus fully accepts you right now? Completely, wholly, 100%. You're like, yeah, but I'm a mess. He knows. That's why he died for you. If we could be perfect, why did he need to come? He came because we can't be perfect. He came to to stand in our place. And yet here it says that we are fully accepted and that he welcomes us. And so many times we can feel the reverse of that, the opposite of that. But in reality, God has created a space and a place for us to call home with him. And that's the reason, that's the story of Christmas. See, it's not just necessarily a physical location, but it is a a knowing that I belong to a family. That is part of why as Christians that it's so important. The Bible even says this in Psalms that God takes the lonely and he what? He sets them 
into a family. That's why it's important to be a part of a church family. Why? Because it's more than just coming to church. It's more than just worshiping corporately. It's about belonging and identifying with the family of God. And it's not just about me and Jesus until I die. Like I need relationships. I need people around me and, and I need people to, to celebrate with me in my best days. And I need people to come and pick me up and to walk with me in my worst days. To say, hey, it's okay. I'm, I'm praying for you. I'm with you in this. That's part of family. And that's part of, of what the church functions as. In Colossians Chapter 1, verses 19 through, uh, I think it's actually 21. I have 22 in my notes, but I think it's 21. But it says this, is that, that God was satisfied to have all of his fullness dwelling in Christ by the blood of his cross. Everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent and restored to innocence again. So many times we feel guilty for things and decisions that we make. But that's why the blood of Jesus is there. That's why we have forgiveness. That's why the Bible says that if we fall and what do we do? We just turn back to God and say, I messed up and I, I repent. I, I ask you to forgive me of missing the mark. It's not about perfection, but it's also about not allowing guilt to run your life. And to dominate your life. Everybody has regrets. Everybody. Why? Because we all have decisions that if we could get a do-over, we would make a different decision, right? And yet here it talks about this, is that what? God was fully satisfied for Jesus to come for us. And it goes on, it says, even though you were once distant from him, we were separated from God because of sin. It says, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and your actions, he reconnected you back to himself. Says he released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body as the sin payment on your behalf so that you would dwell in his presence. You know, the only thing that can keep you from the presence of God today is you. God's already given you the key, keys give you access, right? I mean, that's a key opens a door that's locked. And the only thing that keeps us away from the presence of God today is us. Because God says, I have an open door policy. You have full access. Jesus came so that we could experience the peace of God. It talks about it here. The presence of God. So that it's not just a, the story is not just about a baby in a manger. The story is about the reality that I get to live in today. That you get to walk in today. And it's so important. And it says, it goes on in the last part of this verse. It says, now there is nothing between you and Father God. For he sees you as holy and flawless and restored. This is how God sees you. Not through what you know about you. You know, sometimes I think we judge ourselves on like the behind the scenes footage. That we don't always want everybody else to see or to know about. And yet God doesn't look at our behind the scenes footage when he looks at us. He sees us through what? Through the life and the death of Jesus for us. He sees us as, as redeemed. Which that word simply just means to be bought back. That just means that the price has already been paid. I mean, think of it this way. It's like if you go to a restaurant and you go to pay the bill and somebody says, oh, somebody's already paid for it for you. 
And you're like, who do I know? What really happened in that moment was somebody redeemed your dinner for you. They paid the price for you to eat. But do you realize that's what Jesus did for us? Jesus paid the price so that we could experience the presence of God. And and there's something about our spirit and our soul that when we get into the presence of God, it's like, I belong, like this is home. Like, that's why I believe it's so important, and not that we live solely off of experience, but I believe that there is a, a part of God that he wants us to experience. Why? Because you can't explain that away. Like, no, I I experienced the prayer and I don't know what it was, but man, there was something in my heart that connected to that. It's home. It's like, this is where I belong. Like, this is what I've been, my my soul and my, my, I've been longing to find. And see, and so God, what in Christ has provided the way for us to come home. That's really what it, what the story of Christmas is all about. In Romans five, verse eight. It's a very familiar passage of scripture, but it says that God has shown his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Other translations will say, while we were dead in our sins, Christ died for us, right? So let me phrase that another way. Is that even before we ever believed, God already made a way for us to belong. He already had a space for you to find and to call home before you ever even look to him. Ever. That's why, because that's the heart of a father. It's to give you a place to come and to find rest and to be in a space. And so, you know, I mean, that is the beauty of Christmas. It's the story of God coming for us. But it's more than just about, okay, well, I'm forgiven of my sins. Yes, but there is an experience as well that we can have in this life, a confidence that we can have. That I have a good, loving, heavenly father that I can go to. And that's my place of rest. That is where I can go. He is my comfort. He is the place that I run to. He is my safe space. That sounds a whole lot like home, doesn't it? That I can run to God and do what? I can drop my guards. I don't have to hold my walls up. Why? Because I can trust him. Because I trust that his intentions for me are nothing but good. And so I don't have to play the role. I can just be real. I think some of the most powerful prayers are the most honest prayers. Not the pretty ones. Not the nice ones. Sometimes they're may have a tone of a little bit of frustration to them. Why? Because we've dropped our guard and we're being real. We're being honest with God. We're being honest with ourselves. Maybe sometimes those prayers even contain some tears. Why? Because we're not just playing the game. Now we're actually connecting with God in a very real way. But that's what God wants though. It's for, for us to be honest and, you know, and, and really, and, and, and depending on your personality, but for a long time and for many people, we still try to live our lives like we're living under the old covenant, the old Testament, like before Jesus came. And you're like, well, what do you mean? Like under the old Testament, this was the best you could do. 
This was like the absolute pinnacles. Like you could say, well, I know I messed up, but I'll just try a little harder. Maybe one day I'll figure it out. That's the way that you had to live under the Old Testament. When Jesus came, it changed everything. Because Jesus was grace embodied in human form. And grace says, you don't have to try, you just have to accept. In other words, quit striving and start just resting in who God has created you to be. All your effort can't do what the grace of God can do. And yet I can get very distracted many times. Like I need to do this and I got to do this and I got to check this off. And I did do this to do that. And it's like God sometimes is like, you know what? I would be more pleased if you would just chill out. Put your list aside and just come spend some time with me. Why? Because he knows what I need. He knows what you need. And it is that that idea of that, man, that I get to just come. I don't have to qualify. I don't have to check off my five boxes. Like, okay, I'm good today. Like maybe my five items on my list didn't get done in the morning or didn't get to my devotional in the morning or, but then I'm frustrated in the afternoon driving the car. Well, the Bible says we have free access to the presence of God anywhere we are at any time of day. That's the beauty of the Holy Spirit. He's everywhere. He's available all the time. Hebrews chapter four and verse 16 says this. It says, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Grace, we don't earn it. We didn't earn Jesus coming. It was a choice that God made and said, I'm gonna send my son into the world to pay the ultimate price so that what? So that sin could be dealt with so that I can have a relationship with creation, with us. He did it so that he could know us personally, but equally as important so that we could know him. And it says here that that we are to what? Not shy away, but to walk straight into his presence. Like, well, what does that mean exactly? That means you just stop what you're doing and just say, all right, Father, I don't care if I feel it or not. Your word tells me that you are everywhere, which means you're in this space that I exist in right now. So whether I feel it, whether I don't, by faith, I'm going to acknowledge that you're here. And I need some help. I need some answers. I got some frustrations. I need some wisdom. And you said that in my point of need, all I had to do was ask. And that you would freely give me your grace, which is everything that I need. So it's just stop and just ask. That's how you come into the presence of God. It's not complicated. The message translation of this same verse says, so let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give. Take the mercy and accept the help. Anybody else struggle like asking for help in here? Like you don't like to ask people to help. Like if you're like me, you don't mind helping other people. You just don't like asking for help. And yet here it says what? Take the mercy and accept the help. Just allow God to help you. I mean, there's all kinds of things that we can get stressed out about, frustrated about, especially with the holiday season. I mean, yes, it has, it's a blessing. And, but yeah, there's burdens that come with it. Maybe just slow down a little bit and in the midst of your frustration, just begin to pray. Begin to connect with God and say, all right, God, I need an answer. I need a solution to this. 
Maybe it's in the dynamic of a family relationship that's maybe stressed a little bit. It's like, God, I need to know what I need to do so that we can get back to where we need to be. You know, God has wisdom for that. There's grace for that. Now, I'll just give you a heads up. If you ask God to give you wisdom, he's only going to talk to you about you. Just give you pre-warning there. It's amazing how that works. God's never talked to me about the person that I'm frustrated with. He usually just talks to me about me. And then I realize, well, I'm part of the problem too, because it takes two to tango, right? But it's amazing when I listen to the Lord's voice and do what he tells me to do, even if that person doesn't change, it's amazing how I change. Even if the circumstances don't change, the way I view them change, which enables me to handle the situation a whole lot better. Because this is what I found. If I'll come into an environment looking for a fight, guess what I'm going to find? A fight. What if I come in there with grace? And the presence of God on the inside of me. My soul is at rest. I mean, the Bible says that Jesus walked through crowds of people trying to stone him. Just. Not, says it paid them no attention. I would have a hard time paying people no attention who are throwing things at me. But yet we can live from a place of the presence of God on the inside of us that we can actually do what we don't think we can do. Like, you know, I mean, you go in the holidays and you're like, they better not say, right? (laughs) They better not do, (laughs) you're looking for a fight. You gotta, before you get into those moments, get into the presence of God, go back to your safe place, go back to this place of real home for our souls, get connected. See, the story of Christmas is the story of God's love. It's not just part of the story. The story of Christmas is the story of God's love, completely. It's his desire to have fellowship with us. He's not this angry master who's looking to hand out punishments. No, he's a loving father. He's caring. He's ready to give grace and mercy and his favor. Why? Because we're his kids. This is his delight. I mean, you know, I mean, in the context of Christmas time, what parent doesn't like to give their kids gifts, even if they're not really behaving the best right now? You still want because you love them. Because you still want the best for them. Because you want to show them with just some natural things. Hey, I'm your mom. I'm your dad. I love you. I want the best for you. Well, in the same way, if if we naturally, Jesus said that, if we being natural know how to give good gifts to our kids, how much more does our heavenly father know how to give good gifts to us as his children? See, outside of just our family, the greatest expression of of God's love really to us, it wasn't just all of the things that came around and all of the amazing things that were happening. The greatest really gift of Christmas was the expression of God's love coming to us through Jesus. 
That's what Christmas is, the expression of God's love. And even during this season, during this time, and, and, you know, and we all know the most famous verse in Scripture, John three sixteen, for God so loved, right? The motivation for Jesus' coming was love. That was it. And one of the greatest things that we can do to the world around us, even during this season, because people are open and receptive many times during the Christmas season when they may not be in the rest of the year, is to be the expression of God's love to those around us. Be gracious, to be kind. Even in the moments that we have. Why? Because we're to do the same thing that Jesus did. He gave us a place to to come home to. And what we need to do is to let other people know that God has a place for them to come home to as well. And it's not just about me. It's not just about what I need and what I want. No, it's about inviting other people and letting them know that, hey, God accepts you. God loves you. And, And that's an important aspect. And so in a way, you could say it this way, is that Jesus came so that we could just have a place to call home a place that we could come and connect with God and and to be accepted, to drop our guards. That is the reason, that's the story of, of the gospel. And that's the reason that Jesus came. And so that we can also, because the Bible says, because God's love has been what put into our heart, now we can show it to other people. And that is the goal. And that is really what, that's how we make a difference in the world around us is that we share who Christ is and what he's done in us. And so today I want to pray over you. You know, next week we're going to, my, my title or my subject is that home is a place to recharge. Just to let you know, that's, that's going to be what I'm going to be focusing on next week. But man, it, it's such a place and a time that during this holiday season that I want to remind you Don't just get caught up in the natural things. There's nothing wrong with those things. They're fine. They're great. But you know, I mean, it's kind of cliche, but remember the reason for the season? Like the real heart behind it and what it's really all about. And so I want to pray this morning over you. And, uh, you know, I I believe that, uh, that we can all connect with different points of this. I don't care how good or how bad your family connections, relationships may be right now. Is that you are fully accepted by God. That God has grace for you right now. And so I want to pray over you this morning before...